So, like, so you you refuse to listen to Jacko. So, had you been pl- had you heard him? Is it like had you heard him and you were like, whatever? I refuse to listen. Was it a sort of like a you've been playing bass for a while, then you refuse to listen to Jacko? Okay. Or yeah, yeah break it down. What's okay, going on? here's this is quite here's, controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here's what happened. If I'm honest, I had I had a few bass teachers in the beginning. I've talked about one really actually traumatic experience I had with a bass teacher very oh. early on. But there was another bass teacher Such who I only studied a with story. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brutal. Dude, <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Oh. I, the short version of that is I had a bass teacher that kicked me out of his of his little space when I was 13 and because he thought I was trying to you know like show off and it, it was really intense and I think it was all Ugh. derived from his insecurity and, and anyway it took me a long time to sort of understand what happened there but but there was another well, what Ian's teacher. trying to say is he was a total moron <laughs> <laughs> yes it's true I mean he was not you he Ian, was the bass teacher <laughs> yeah the bass teacher yeah <laughs> he uh he definitely did a little damage but you know I've I've, I've come to terms with it and I, like, I think over all it was a, a net positive for me in my life yeah, that really yeah. made me take a look at my own you know how i wanted to be as an educator um, but this other base teacher pete hand predominantly a uh an upright player played in the glacier symphony orchestra in kalispell montana a jazz enthusiast and classical enthusiast killer on upright and electric awesome bass player he first showed me jocko that one of the first things we ever did mm. is he showed me Donna Lee off that record. And I want to say to the bass community, and it was amazing. And I was so <laughs> inspired. Oh, I loved it and understood it. And But I thought it sounded like noise. I was like <laughs> this. And I was looking at him. And it was actually in a group. It was at like a little workshop. Um, and I was probably 14. And I was looking at some other bass players who were maybe a little older than I was. And he and they were all like, <laughs> oh, 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 they're feeling it, dude. The bongos, and the, right? And the, and oh, I yeah, the bongos, yeah. The bongos, dude. And I <laughs> pretended to think it was great. I pretended <laughs> to love it. And I thought, this sucks. And these guys have no idea, but let me just, before, before I am, before I am burned at the stake, let me just say. I don't think you'll be burned at the stake. I think think it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. I I think, I think it'll probably resonate with some people that maybe truthfully felt the same way, but never, you know, never would admit it. I just, of course, of course, what I learned later is I just didn't have the ears. I, I didn't have the vocabulary to make sense of what was happening. I'd never heard of that song before. I'd never listened to bebop before. It just sounded random. You know, when people say, actually, somebody sent me recently, oh, I wish I, wish I knew who it was, but someone sent me a DM on Instagram that said, when you and Scott talked about jazz on a, on a recent podcast, something that you didn't say, but I think is really felt by so many people people out there is that jazz sounds like a random collection of notes played at yeah. random times that for the the untrained ear and this sounds so elite when i say the untrained ear but really it's true if you haven't digested that material it sounds ridiculous it, it's the yeah. it's the office or the american office right of of uh dwight and oh i can't believe i'm forgetting the blonde <laughs> character that like is dwight's girlfriend friend for a while saying that jazz is yeah, stupid yeah. just play the right notes 
What's her name? It's killing me. Doesn't matter. You all are you all are yelling it, and I can't find it. It's fine. Um, uh, uh, so so I'm going I online. didn't what have the any. The op- yeah, but it's not your office. It's the American office. Oh, I had it, and it's gone. Ah, I hate Was it. it. Pa- Pam Beasley. Old. It's not Pam. Pam, Pam Beasley. Is like the good main character. Her name, she's blonde and she's reserved. Angela Martin. Is the positive way. Angela. Bang. Angela has a great moment where she's upset by Jazz because she thinks that it's people (laughs) being pretentious. And she yells, Jazz is stupid. Just play the right notes. (laughs) And I mean, if I'm honest, dude, that's exactly, exactly how I felt when I heard Jocko. But I saw that Jocko was held up by my teacher as... Well, I, I see, you know, and these other students that are older than I am and have more experience, and well, he's he's the best, they're saying. So there must be something to that, even though I thought it sounded dumb. And then I started to read Bass Player Magazine, right? I'm seeing all of this stuff about Jocko. Yeah, yeah. And then I heard this popular talking point in the 90s that was this. Anybody that plays the fretless bass just sounds ends up sounding like Jocko. Anybody that picks up, or at least I, I took that from. I read yeah, 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 probably yeah. a lot of things about the fretless bass and how you could have a lot of different voices on it. And I zeroed in on that, you know, <laughs> uh, that you know that uh, assertion that if you yeah. listen to Jocko, you you will be pulled by the gravity of his genius and you will end up just being a Jocko clone. So I thought, <laughs> well, I want to play the fretless bass because the fretless bass looks sweet. And I mean, you know, and I liked Les Claypool too, right? And I yeah, liked, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I liked Mick Karn. And I, of course, I liked Tony Levin and I liked Bakiti Kumalo. And so I thought, I'm going to let those, and I also really liked Gary Willis, and I thought, I'm going to let those people inform me, and I'm going to pick up this instrument, and I'm not going to listen to Jocko for two years so that I don't fall (laughs) into the trap. Into the trap. Into the bridge pickup. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was so dumb. I, I mean, I don't know if it was dumb, but it was a... What I wasn't taking into account here is that all of those players, in some regard, were very influenced by Jocko. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, like I guess, you, yeah, you, yeah. You couldn't help it. I mean, Jocko was such a massive contribution to the world of the instrument that to try to avoid him would be like try to avoid breathing air. I mean, it just he was he was everywhere. I think in yeah. in terms of his influence. Uh, and his tone and his approach and his, I mean, and I just want to say, I mean, I love Jocko. And when I when I decided, <laughs> like, I mean, I think I even like wrote it on a calendar, Scott, like starting on March. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I was going to say, you did know, you then, do it? Did you manage it? I did. Oh, I definitely did. And if if Amazing. anybody was ever, ever like, hey, check out a noob. I, I was like on a cleanse, <laughs> you know, like, like, like the thing that you're doing right now, you know, where you're just not eating fast. sugar, not eating gluten. Yes, dude, I was. I was on the Jocko yeah. fast. I was like, I won't do it. And people were like, oh, check him out. No. And I, I made a very clear case for I didn't want to let in the influence because I thought it was going to be so magnetic 
that it was going to pull me into just like jazz bass bridge pickup, you know, zone. I've got this <sighs> weird sort of like memory of a conversation with a gr- with, and it was one of these like, you know, I've interviewed like a lot of people. Uh, for the SPL, yeah. the earlier version of the SPL podcast, we we interviewed a lot of people, spoken to a oh, lot yeah. of great bass players. And I'm trying to remember who it was, but it was a fretless bass, predominantly bass, uh, a predominantly fretless bass player, big name. And I can remember, I, don't, I can't remember who it was that said it, but they said, "Oh, I actually didn't listen to Jacko for a long time oh. because I didn't want to end up sounding like a bad version of him." Yeah. I think right. there's some validity who, who in there, was man. It? Who yeah. was it? Who said that? I can't remember. Oh, dang. I want to say Gary Willis, but I d- but maybe it wasn't Gary. Maybe it wasn't Gary, well, but I'll tell I you mean, what, he doesn't sound anything like Jacko. He doesn't. Maybe it was you Gary. You were right about that. Maybe it was Gary. Maybe it could have been Gary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I bonded with you. Like when I saw you talk about your love for Gary Willis early, before I knew you, I was like, oh, because it just took me back to Elicit, that record Elicit, that record Face First, actually, of Tribal Tech was probably my favorite. Face first, man. There's there's a tune, um, maybe 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 the title track shoot, but I can sing that boo like that bass line. I mean, I learned that. You know, the the thing though about Gary, and I'm sure that you I'm sure that you'll feel this, is that the sixteenth note thing, maybe he didn't listen to Jocko, yeah. but Jocko permeated everything and so oh, yeah. that 16th thing you could maybe even you could maybe even give Rocco Prestia from Tower Power some credit for this but that yeah. 16th thing invaded everything and if Willis didn't listen fine but it still managed to creep in because the stuff that yeah. I found that I was the most into of Gary's was actually his groove playing and less his solo playing. But when he would like lock into something, a syncopation, like an ostinato thing, that's when I was like, oh, and I just didn't know yeah. because I, <laughs> I was on the, the Jocko fast that that I think maybe came from Jocko's love for R&B and Jocko's love for, you know, Motown and funk yeah. music. And then yeah. really that like aggressive, like forward leaning 16th note thing that he had. I think it, yeah. it was in everything. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when, when I do listen to, to Gary Willis as well, I don't really hear that much like, other than the sort of like the, like he's got the 16th thing, obviously locked down, understatement. Mm. He's got that locked down. But, um, yeah. but like in terms of like language, I don't hear a lot of Jacko Pistorius in there. Yes. You know, sure. there's some very particular licks that Jacko played and I, I probably play them, like a bunch of other people play them. I don't yeah. really hear that within um, Willis's Gary. playing, but. Yeah, with Gary. It's all that to say, I'm not sure that Gary did tell me. Somebody in the past has told me that they they put themselves on a, a Jacko fast to, I, I guess, just to make sure that they didn't end up sounding like a bad Jacko clone. So, And it could be Willis, it could be somebody else. What What do you think about the concept of that, though? Like, it, as, like broadly speaking, do you think yeah. that 
Because I, I'm a big believer that you like you are going to when you listen to people, they are going to have an incredible impact on ultimately how you end up sounding. You're or, right. Or the you know there's a risk of that. Oh, maybe it's not a risk. Maybe it's actually a bonus for me. I actually leaned into it. I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy, and I like this guy. Therefore, I'm going to listen to them all, and through osmosis, hopefully, that will make its way into my playing. So yeah. I yeah. think there's something to, of course, dude, like thinking about you are what you eat, you are what you consume. Yeah. I mean, I think you are what you listen to as well. You, It's just like how accents happen, right? I mean, if I were born and raised in, in England, I would speak more similarly to you. Or if I were born and raised mm. in the South, I'd have this thing happening, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think music is absolutely the same. It's like accent. It's just you come up and you think, oh, well, that's music. You know, if you come up listening to jazz, you grew up listening to metal or, right, it just, it you can't help have it influence you. So I, I think, though, I don't know, when I look back to my two-year Jocko fast or, you know, or, or my expulsion of him in my life, yeah. I will say this, when I... When I started to consume his music, I loved it. And I then felt sort of silly or ashamed or, and it's also this sort of thing of like, I love who, whoever said, I don't want to be a bad version. Uh, that's such a great way to think about it. And, a a humble way to think about it because of course Jocko is one of the greatest, right? We're never like, it's so silly as a teenager to think like, Oh, I don't want to be just like Jocko. Well, yeah, <laughs> like I'm never yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. just like Jocko. I'm going to be, yeah. of course, be a bad version <laughs> of Jocko. But I think that <laughs> I, as a teenager, as an egotistical, you know, we're all like this. I think a little bit, we don't know what our limits are. We don't know, you know, I was like, Remember that thing? How long's Jocko been playing? Twenty years? Oh yeah, I got it. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be better <laughs> after I've been. You know, like I had oh, dude, all that I stuff. I had all that like bravado. That. You know, yeah, yeah. dude. Really? How long's Victor Wooten been playing? Oh, okay, no problem. I've got time. I'm gonna beat him. I mean, that's that was like my number one question. When, yeah, when I saw a bass player, I used to like try and work out how long they've been playing. I was like, mm, yes. doing the math. I was like, oh, oh, eight years, huh? Well, oh, I'm gonna, I can do yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> you're always just sort of yeah. positioning yourself against the time frame. And I mean, what you don't yeah. know, yeah. and and it's thank God you don't know it as a kid, right? Is that no, it's lifelong. It's a lifelong <laughs> journey. You're never gonna be yeah. better than you're, ne you know, because it's it's just lanes, and different people have their thing. You're not thinking about your artistic voice and your lane as a teenager. You're just thinking about raw skill you're like how fast can i slap the thing chops <laughs> chops <laughs> yes dude and you're like it's gonna be faster and better and i'm gonna and, and i'm gonna win and yeah of course then you get older and you go oh no 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 this is a language and i need to be working on how i speak it but but thank God we have that as a teenager, right? We've got this thing of like, yeah, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be, you know, because that motivates you to to put Absolutely, in the work, man. man. It's funny. It, yeah, it's raw. funny, but it's 
Yeah, exactly. You've got to jump in and yeah. do it, haven't you? You've got to, at least for me anyway, I was just being my true self at the time and it was, you know, I was really competitive. <laughs> and I think that it's okay to be really competitive and for that to make yeah. its way onto your instrument and try, like there's like a bunch of different ways that we could take this. But I do think that just bringing it back to what you were saying earlier about the Jacko thing, I don't think maybe you didn't need to go on a Jacko fast for, I think that the, yeah. the, the I think that you you know you probably didn't need to go on a jacko fast for two years, and you could have you could have sort of like fallen off the wagon a few times. But I think for me, the more important um, thing to take away from it is to to your point, you are what you eat. You your yeah. plane will be influenced by who you listen to. So maybe don't like not listen to people, but maybe think about who you are listening to and use that to actually guide what you're going to sound like in the future and take things from your favorite players. I'll yeah. also say as well that I've been like fascinated by this is who I listen to on the way to a gig. Be mindful mm. of it. Because if you are going to a, I'll give you a great sort of like an extreme example. Yeah. If you are going to a, like a blues gig, it's rootsy. They want you to play like roots and fives or maybe hey, a push root three and five with some yeah, that's right. in between. But that's it, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. And you're listening yeah. to tribal tech face first on the way to the gig. <laughs> it's yeah. not gonna, it's gonna have an influence. And I actually really found this with myself. It was, I mm. was like, cause I used to, didn't, I used to, I like, I just basically didn't think about it. I used to jump in the car, right. like put face first on whatever it was. Right. Matt Garrison, yes. extreme fusion yeah. craziness. And then I like go to a folk gig or something. I'd be playing some folk, <laughs> you know, or I'd be playing, I mean, whatever it was. And the yeah. thing I've been listening to on the way to the gig just didn't really match with the job I was about to go and do. Right. And that really had a, it had an impact. Not a great one. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, not a great one. It was yeah. like, uh, so, so I, I started to get actually really mi mindful of not listening to stuff that's, just on a completely different planet, or at least is going to influence my bass playing. I'm going to go into that gig thinking, Gary Willis is a god, and then picking up my, my, my bass and doing sort of like a like a, a cool covers groove, like covers band or something like that. Yeah. Just be mindful of it. I think it's, yeah, yeah it's for definitely sure. worth being mindful of, yeah. And then, I mean, also, wouldn't you say too, like in this in this zone of you are what you eat, you know, but then being okay with listening to the stuff that you love uh, because you want to sound like something. I mean, to your earlier point that you should be listening to the things that you're excited about, that you want to Hell emulate. Yeah. Because in yeah. the beginning, emulation is all you, that's what builds voice, right? Emulation. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, maybe not listening to, to the, the craziest metal or, or fusion or whatever it is, electronic music before you show up to the, the jazz brunch or the singer songwriter coffee yeah. shop. Like maybe you, you know? can do it but as like, long as it's not going to influence the way you play on the gig. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but to have to have really just to be excited about uh the music that you're listening to and lean into 
finding things that you really love. And if you really yeah. love it, that's a great indicator that that can um, lean into, like that's going to show up then in your artistry. If you really love a certain kind of music, it's going to show up in how you play for yeah. better or for worse, depending on the yeah. game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I think too, somebody said something to me, I, I did this record ages ago with an old rock band of mine. And I've, I've talked about this maybe before, but the producer, David Bendith asked me about doing sessions he said, is that something that you want to do? And I said, yes. And he's spoke about this in terms of instruments, but it applies to music as well. Um, he said, you don't, it, it's not about tolerating different things or different genres. It's not about like, oh yeah, I can tolerate country music or I can tolerate hip hop music. It's actually about falling in love, figuring out how to fall in love with that. And he talked about it in terms of figuring out how to fall in love with a Fender P bass with flats, how to fall in love with Got a Hoffner, okay, yeah, how yeah, to fall, yeah. and find the lane for it, you know? So you figure out, oh, wow, the joy is going to be choosing the right instrument or the right vocabulary for yeah. the right kind of music. And when I've talked to people about listening, and I wonder how you feel about this, I think it's really great to listen to things you love, but then I also think it's really great to listen to music, not from a place of always of passion. And you're going to let, I mean, this is going to go against the thing I just said, but not always listening to music with like, oh, I love this. So I'm only going to listen to this. But if there's something that you don't love, why? And instead of putting all this emotional attachment to it, mm. can you listen to a genre or an artist or something as text, as information? Can you listen like like uh, a, a genre that I don't particularly love is like Nashville modern country music. But when I have listened to it, I've tried to focus on the things that I think are really amazing about it, like the production, like, like the production, some very yeah. sneaky, yeah, like sneaky arrangement things that are so smart. The bar of two that separates that last chorus from the fiddle solo or, right? But thinking about it, not so much as like, oh, well, I don't, I'm not going to buy this record. So that, that means I shouldn't be listening to it, but no, what can you gain from listening to this music that you quote unquote, don't like and use it as a study almost. And that has really applied to me anyway, in terms of session playing so that I have my references together. But have you ever thought about music listening in that way? Or does that resonate for you at all? Yeah, kind kind of. I, I, I will say I'm like the worst person to ask this question to. In fact, like Josh off the Dunlop podcast asked me this. He was like, "Yeah, what kind of music do you like? It was something like, a, it was like, what's your favorite type of music or something around them lines. I'm probably butchering the question. Yeah. But honestly, my answer was like, <laughs> kind of like everything. I know that's the shittest answer, <laughs> right? But I really do. Like, I really do. Like, mm. I really, really, like, Okay, maybe not all, but like broadly speaking, like more than your average duck, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be. I know. I I feel that about you. Yeah, like I like like of, of all of the normal stuff that you'd imagine, but then I really like folk. I like like Irish folk. I actually like Yorkshire folk. There's different styles of folk <laughs> music. Oh, I so like cool. country music. Yeah. I love Willie Nelson. I also like modern yeah. country music. 
because yes. I'm like a guitar geek and there's lots of guitar stuff in there. I like pop music. I like, we were talking about the streets. I was yes. listening to Kimber in the car yesterday and I was thinking about the yeah. production and just thinking how oh, incredible she, yeah, the incredible. production on the album. What the heck? I like I Chanel Monet. I like Adele. I like, mm -hmm. I like Lady Gaga. I like everybody. Do you know I mean, like, where I have like a real, like, too. I like Jacko. I like jazz. I like <laughs> yeah. Charlie Parker and everything. I'm just, I really like it. I guess the sort of like the, the things that there's only like two, maybe two areas of like music that I have like a little bit of a hard time with sort of like resonating with. And it is, um, and I find, I've, I'm going to say this, maybe reg regret it, punk to a certain oh, extent. Yeah, interesting. Sometimes yes. I'm just like, eh, but it depends. It depends on, cause there's sure. some great punk bands I actually really like, oh, but there's a particularly, I know why you hate punk. I can't wait. I can't wait. There's sort to, of like, there's, drill certain, into that. <laughs> there's a certain style of punk that just sounds like three, three kind of like smelly dudes <laughs> found some instruments, you know, yeah. and they're just sort but of like, and they're rebelling. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, just like, yeah. and they're stinking and they're just doing their thing. And I'm just like, <laughs> Just like, you know, could you tune that guitar up a bit? I'll, I'll appreciate that. <laughs> so there's I, that. And then, okay, okay. And then uh, we have some, to come back to that though. Some like incredibly, um, screamy metal. Sure. Where it's, where it's almost feels like hostile or it's, a, yeah, like it's not super abrasive. Screams. I'm like, just give me a melody, man. Just like, give sure. me a melody. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 but I do like, you know, some like, not like, yeah, I, I like lots of metal, but there's, I don't know if it's sort of like, it could probably be categorized as like Swedish, like it isn't Swedish death metal, but it's a, it's a, it's a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre of when I hear <laughs> yeah, sure. it, I'm just like, I'm not sure that that's cool, but everybody else thinks the same, or, or like, every, you know, it's popular. Sure, But yeah, sure. They're, they're, the, they're the only ones that really sort Well, of like, I mean, yeah, you know, and of course you don't, don't have to like everything. I mean, you know, Scott and I aren't here saying like, oh, you have to like everything. I just... I have to I have to drill into the punk thing a little bit because I used to feel the same way when I would hear punk music. Oh, really? oh yeah, I was like no. And and this is what I think it was for me and I wonder if it was for you too. You've put all of this work into being quote unquote good at your craft. Yes. And yes. so how the hell are these guys going to pick up instruments not knowing what they're doing and play some crappy music? It's an affront to it's the just, work that yeah. I have done. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like, like, like Bleach, like Nirvana's first album, right? So uh, that was yeah. quite punky, but it was awesome because the compositions <laughs> are freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, There's sure. like so, the, the compositions are great, but it's I guess from a compositional standpoint as mm -hmm. well. So it's 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 not so much the playing, right? Because I love like all of the early Nirvana stuff and like and yeah and love all of the, all of that and the seattle scene like a lot of it was born i think it was like had those punk roots in mm -hmm. many ways sure. yeah but there was like this compositional grace there as well i know uh, wh where there wasn't in some ways in sort of like some of the earlier like, <laughs> I'm like seven careful yeah i'm, I'm like tiptoeing here like so funny. some like 70s uh, like 70s punk is that uh, doesn't resonate let with me it. ask you about this band from your homeland 
that is so huge. And I want to know what you, I want to know your take because it took me a while to figure it out um, or, or to, to love it. And I love it now. And I wonder how you feel about the clash. Oh yeah. I like the clash. Aha. Yeah. And yeah. compositionally incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got to have that piece in it. It's got to have like, it, yeah, it can't be just sort of a. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, dude. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> dude. Dude, what about how about how about the Ramones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. It's, okay. It's, Okay, yeah. check this out. I just want to, b- both of I those bands. I think that's where it starts getting a bit shaky. For yes. Like, uh. Both of those bands for me, I, the reason I bring them up is because I had these big arcs with those bands. I went from thinking, because I came up, oh, I'm listening to Victor Wooten and I'm listening to prog rock and, you know, like John yeah, yeah, Petrucci yeah. and Dream Theater and Rush. And, okay. <gasps> so good. And so punk, I didn't understand it. And it was offensive to me because I was like, how can you call this music if you don't work really Really hard. How, if you're not studying Neil Peart and Getty Lee, how can you? That's that was my vibe as a teenager. And yeah, then yeah. what it took for me, it, this has always been the case, is it took a person that I looked up to or that I was a friend with or hanging out with to help me get in. To like just yeah, be around yeah. somebody. I mean, and in college that happened so much. And it happened with the Ramones in a way where I had to play some Ramones music for a thing. Oh, and wicked. I played it and it was not easy. And I thought, oh, I have I have been focusing on the wrong thing. I'm focusing on the chord quality. It's power chords. I'm thinking, oh, well, well, I know how to play a major seven chord. And what I realized yeah. is, oh, there are these structures where where the, the post-chorus will go for five bars before verse. And there are these sneaky little things that made it actually very cool. And like some arrangement chops and things that made the music really compact. And yeah. that was so cool. And then I found myself singing these songs and they were really catchy. And I'm going, hold on. I've been focusing <laughs> on the wrong thing. You know, Amazing. I've been focusing on the wrong thing. And the same with like Paul Simonon's bass playing and the clash. Like I had a tour manager um, who was so into the clash and he was like, man, no, 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 look, you're thinking about it all wrong. And then we would sit on the tour bus and he would play clash tunes for me. And I just, I just needed to like have an experience with someone who was saying, no, dude, forget it. Like, it doesn't matter if they can play like Getty Lee or Neil Peart. It's like, listen to yeah. this, listen to the conviction. Think about how they were blending reggae into the, you know, like think about that and the irreverence and the bravery and I'm uh, and so you know it just takes I need my hand to be I need to be led sometimes I think I'm the into same, things dude yeah. I think I, well I think that we're all the same to a certain extent aren't we yeah. but yeah I definitely need somebody to school me in yes the world of punk yeah and <laughs> not all punk like again subgenre but and, and the metal thing is well. not all metal <gasps> like I, I love metal yeah but definitely that sort of like super hardcore yeah I'm just like I don't like where's the melody. Just give me a melody. Yes. It, it and, needs and I, to have something for me to hang my hat on. <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. And I, man, I had a friend in college too that was way into the most obtuse metal 
forever. And what I discovered in that world is that it's not, it's not about the melody. And again, it's like reframing. It's about the visceral. It's about, yeah. it sounds, it doesn't actually sound like music, you know, <laughs> it sounds like an event. It sounds like a catastrophe. And to get in touch with, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like a car yeah. crash. It's evoking it sounds like else, yeah. War. And, yeah, and so it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable, and it makes me feel agitated, and, like, I want to turn it off, or, or I want to, you know, I, I want to fight or something, you know? I mean, it makes me feel these visceral feelings, and that's, that's pretty cool. There's not, there's not a lot of stuff that is safe, to engage in that elicits that kind of response from me, exactly you know, right. and just kind of exactly. getting in touch with that and like, whoa, letting that wash over me and feel like one of the most terrifying concerts that I've ever been to was a band called the Dillinger Escape Plan. Have you ever heard of that band? Oh, they all like beating each other up and stuff. Went well, crazy. they just did a thing. They're incredible players. And I mean, but it is mathy mathy metal time signatures start stop yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. um and there was a moment where you know before they started their show they were all backs to the crowd and then this intro happened and then the drummer went tut, 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 and it you know and then what they happened was ran. it just mayhem all well all of the band from the stage ran into the crowd and it was the guitar now all of them are in the crowd and like flinging their necks of their instruments around, you know, like, and I, I just remember being like, <gasps> like I saw them rush the crowd. Like it was the opposite. Usually a crowd rushes something. The band yeah. rushed the crowd and I'd never seen that before in my life. And I just remember pushing against people to get back and, you know, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Do I want to experience the band that? What was the band day? called? The Dillin the Dillinger Escape Plan, and if you're okay. listening to this podcast and you're a fan of metal, you it, people probably I've, they're a band from the states. I don't know. I think East Coast. I've talked. I'm going to check him out. Now, I'm going to check him out, dude. I'm going to have to bounce. I've got my, my wife's on the blower. She's like texting me. Where are you? I'm like I'm on the podcast with him, guys. Thanks for listening so much. We will. Uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Don't take two years off of Jocko, everybody. Dive in. It's all good. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.